Northwest Christian School Online provides online Christian education for any students ranging from kindergarten to 10th grade. The tuition is fully covered through the state of Arizona's ESA program and is affordable for families out of state. You can count on NCS Online for a rigorous, proven online program that establishes a robust biblical worldview for all students. For more information, go to ncsonline.org. That's ncsonline.org. The brothers, for you and I to live for the kingdom of God, it's going to require a, a perspective shift, a new way of thinking, a new mindset. What in the world would it mean to pray, Thy kingdom come? Seek first the kingdom of God. Know that your home is in heaven and live as if that's your goal. What we've done in the past simply can't be done anymore. That we lived our life in a certain manner because it was basically a Christian world, a Christian culture that we're living in. That time, those times are over. It's not enough to be a believer. It's not. You, it is not sufficient for you just to believe and that's it. You cannot be a believer. Being a believer leads to being a follower. Instead of all these things we're worried about that consume our thoughts and our minds, instead of using your mental energy on that, instead, seek his kingdom. What in the world would it mean to pray, thy kingdom come? Ladies and gentlemen, Friday, December the 10th, and uh, welcome to another episode of Kingdom Culture Conversations. We have we are so glad that you're here with us today. We've got a couple of, of very special guests that have joined us in an episode that is going to be a little bit different than any, I, I wonder frankly if it's different than any podcast episode ever recorded. I don't know that for sure, but it's definitely different than any podcast episode uh, that we've ever recorded. But we're, we're thrilled to jump in uh, with a couple of friends and and the first gentleman I want to introduce you to is Frank Coleman and uh, Frank you have been uh, no stranger Hillary and I Hillary Schrock and I have known you uh, for a number of years and Frank you've got a a real history in the Phoenix area you don't live in Phoenix presently but you've got a real history in the Phoenix area uh, working with American Sign Language in Christian education uh, can you can you introduce us a little bit of your history um, where do you come from I know you you've got some military background you want to talk a little bit about that maybe yeah, tell sure. us a little bit in terms of uh, your history with Christian education too Sure, absolutely, yes. Um, I am originally born and raised in Washington State, the city of Spokane. And um, yes, my parents were deaf, and I completely grew up in a deaf world to the point to where I didn't actually start to talk until I was five years old. Because I signed, why talk when you can sign? Wow. That was the idea. And then um, once my parents found out, wait a second, this kid can hear, you know, then the experts, quote unquote, came in and they said, okay, he needs to learn to talk and he needs to learn to listen. So I went through an in-depth oral and aural, if you will, hearing, Mm -hmm. listening education before I went into the public schools. So developmentally, I have to imagine you were a little delayed in that sense. Actually, in many ways, I I was delayed because I had to learn to speak English as a second language. Wow. ASL was my first language, yeah. And then um, after those 12 years, um, graduated high school, and then like you said, yes, I joined the military. I actually, I joined the military. Um, One of the reasons was because when I was growing up, I was forced to be an interpreter. 
mm. for my parents and my parents' friends, deaf sure. friends. And so I joined the military to get away from deaf people. That way I didn't have to interpret anymore. Wow. That wasn't the only reason, but that was one. Mm-hmm. But then God has a sense of humor and God says, oh, really? Yes, okay. he does. <laughs> and so God then, he sends me off to England where um, there I drew closer to him. But then that next assignment, I went to California and I became a pastor of a deaf church there. And uh, I couldn't escape the deaf. Wow. Uh, from there, I went to Hawaii. But there I looked for the deaf and I couldn't find them. It wasn't until two months before I left I was there for over three years, and I couldn't find one deaf person. And then in my last two months being there, I met some deaf. And then God says, okay, come on. You're moving off to Omaha, Nebraska. And when I went to Omaha, it was there that God said, okay, now we're going to start your missionary work. And I started at um, a church where I was the, the lead interpreter. I trained interpreters. I did a lot of work there, worked with deaf missions across the river in Council Bluffs, Iowa. And then from there, God called me to go be an interpreter over in Germany for deaf kids at the American schools there with the military. Interesting. Six years there. Then God moved us to Phoenix, Arizona. Really surprised is where I live. And out there, um, God started me being an interpreter. Then I started after my uh, master's degree being done in 2010. God called me to uh, set up a school for the deaf here in Phoenix Having no clue, God, you know, gave me the word, hey, go look for um, the principal of the largest Christian school in Arizona. So I did my due diligence. I found you. <laughs> right? Jeff and that's Brown. where our, yeah, that's where and our that's relationship began. That's where we began, met, and that was back yeah. in 2011, 2012. Yeah. And then you helped me get started that school for the deaf, Castle Academy for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. And then, you know, five years later, that school was completely merged with another school. God called me away from that, brought in Hillary Schrock to be. Uh, yeah, and that's where here. we. Yeah, though we'd know we'd both known Hillary for a while, but that's where Hillary transitioned over to Northwest Christian, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And so then after that, um, two years later, I met up with Mark, and he was uh, doing a meeting um, on. Uh, well, and that's where that's where we need to make our next introduction, isn't it? Because as Frank has been articulating his story to me orally, he has also, I don't know if you have a sense of this, if you can hear uh, some of the, the background noise as you listen to the podcast today, but as Frank has been articulating his story to me orally, as we sit in this podcast recording booth, he's doing double duty. Because he's actually translating this conversation to Pastor Mark Lowenstein. And both Frank and Mark are with Pioneer Bible Study, or excuse me, Pioneer Bible Translators. And uh, they've come today to our campus in order to um, give some presentations on the work that Pioneer is doing with the deaf community in Hillary Schrock's American Sign Language classes. And I had the opportunity today uh, to sit in on their very first presentation. It was phenomenal. And I want to say both uh, to Frank and to Mark, welcome to Northwest Christian School. Uh, welcome to the Kingdom Culture Podcast. And and thank, thank you. you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And so Frank is at this point now translating for for Mark. And Mark's story is is really very, very compelling. Um, you were born 
Uh, Pastor Mark, you were born hearing. Is that correct? Yes, I was. And, and what happened? Again, and, and really, I just, I just praise God for the opportunity that we have to do this around the world. Um, it's so exciting how God has led me, you know, since being born. Even though I was born a hearing person, it wasn't until I was two years old um, that I became deaf. Wow. I was hit with the spinal meningitis Goodness. as a child. And I became extremely sick, my parents told me. And then after that, uh, they were like, wait a second. Uh, their son, you know, looking at it from mom and dad's perspective, they're mm-hmm. like, our child's deaf. What? What do we do? How how, how are we going to raise him? How are we going to help him become a normal man? And how are we going to educate him? How is he going to hear again? What if he can never function, you know, in, in a normal way, quote unquote? All those questions that went through their minds and... Then the doctor said, hey, uh, you know what? The advice they gave was uh, saying, listen, you need to have him be oral. So we had home signs. It wasn't American Sign Language, you know, what we use today in ASL in our culture here oh, in America. So ASL attempted oral language first. Yes, I was trained uh, orally. There's a lot of deaf kids out there. 90% of the deaf kids out there have hearing parents. Mm-hmm. And so that high percentage of them are, they start having to learn how to talk. And they, went into, they go into schools and they're trained how to talk. Wow. Okay. At what point yeah. did you learn ASL then? American Sign Language. Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> because it literally was not until I was 17 years old. Wow. Yeah. When I went to New York. I went to a deaf college up there. It's the National Technical Institute for the Deaf. It's in Rochester, New York. And uh, now, again, I grew up in a small town. I mean, we didn't have many deaf people there. And um, sign language, even even there, was mostly like, you know, home signs. And then we spoke to each other. Then we all, you know, I go up there and everyone's signing American Sign Language. I'm like, whoa. And they're fluent. And I'm like, totally overwhelmed. I felt like I was stuck in the middle between a hearing world and a deaf world. I was like, uh, 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 uh. so I decided, oh, well, I want to get into the deaf world. Fascinating. So at, at what point in that journey did you come to know Christ as your personal Savior? Yes, I saw God's you know, work. I looked backwards in, in the training. He trained me up in New York to learn you know, the, the language of the deaf. American Sign Language here in America. And I went back to my hometown, and that is where I met my wife. My wife is deaf, and her brother's deaf. And they both signed really well, and I started to, you know, pick it up more through those two. And uh, and then I got involved with the deaf community, and I played uh, softball on an all-deaf team. And it got, you know, better and better, and then... Uh, over the years, my wife, she's a strong Christian. She comes from a very strong Christian family. And she was trying to influence me, but I was quite resistant in the beginning. It wasn't until, you know, the church decided to hire um, this deaf pastor. Now, at this time, you know, there's church with an interpreter. And, and you know, nothing against the interpreter or interpreters. It was me. There was the connection. Not really. There was nothing because... You know, there's the hearing pastor, he's preaching his language, and then that interpretation, it wasn't engaging. Then they brought in a deaf preacher, 
I met, you know, for the first time, a deaf preacher. I mean, he was the first deaf preacher I'd ever met in my life. Wow. Yeah. And and 26 years of my life. 26. I'm like, what? You're deaf. He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know deaf people can become pastors. What? Really? So the Bible is, oh, it was so hard. And that's where he's the one who led me to know Jesus. And after that, you know, I grew and became excited for the Lord. And so, yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, what, what an amazing, an amazing story. And then at some point, because you've actually transitioned now yourself, Mark, into pastoral ministry. And for a season, that pastoral ministry was here in Phoenix. I know you've done uh, pastoral work for the deaf at Camelback Bible Church. You've done it at yes, CCV, yes, Christ Church of the Valley. Uh, but at what point did yes, you Yes, I, I went God to different you? churches. Yes, you're oh, right. You did. I went to different churches, right? I got it. And now I'm involved with Pioneer Bible Translators. Okay. And that's my full-time job. That's it. <laughs> and more than full-time. Because you actually split your time between Phoenix and Texas. Is that right? Exactly. I go back and forth, yes. I work remotely. And is there a church congregation in Texas that you're, you're ministering to? Uh, in Dallas, Texas, no. That's where our home office is. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, yeah. So I Well, let's let's jump into the ministry of, of Pioneer Bible Translators. Um, one of the things I heard you say, uh, Mark, or I guess I should more properly say I saw you say today, was that, that, that being deaf is an invisible disability. And when you said that in the classroom, I could kind of see our students sit back with this sense of realization uh, that was really kind of shocking, I think, to our students. Can you describe what does that mean, invisible disability? Yes, many hearing people oftentimes overlook us and, you know, that deafness being a disability. For example, you go to the mall, you go to a movie theater, wherever you go, you know, if I don't use a hearing aid, for example, and there's nothing on my ears to show that I'm deaf, mm-hmm. there's nothing, right? I, maybe I'm not signing, I'm not communicating, I'm nothing. I'm just walking by and they look at me, they think, well, I'm just like anyone else. I'm just a hearing person. Until they come up and they meet me, and then maybe they want to start talking to me or they want to ask me a question, you know, directions or instructions, or I don't know. I go, oh, oh. Oh, um, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm deaf. There's no visual cue. Yeah, there's, there's. You, if you were in a right, wheelchair nothing. or if you had crutches or, or something exactly. of that nature, uh-huh. there'd be a visual cue, but uh-huh. there's no visual cue. Right. They would just look at me and be like, uh, <laughs> "Oh, I'm looking at him like a deer in the headlights." It's like, "What? Oh," and they too are like a deer in the headlights, and they're like, "I bet you." I mean, a deaf person. I bet you've seen some embarrassed people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, always actually, always. Oh, I can only I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Well, you know, is a is a product of that. One of the things too that we learned in in the class today was that there are over 70 million deaf people in the world today. And that number to me is staggering. But there's another number that is even more shocking to me, and that is that only 2% of those 70 million have even been exposed to the gospel. 
to the good news of yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's staggering. And and can you talk about that for a moment, or can you can you sign yeah, for yeah. us in understanding uh, why is it that only two percent? I've heard Frank, and we've talked about this, Frank, on previous episodes of Kingdom Culture Conversations. One we did recently with Hillary, um, but you you kind of cued me into the fact the the fact, Frank, that the the deaf community in the world is actually the world's largest unreached people group. Again, mm-hmm. shocking. Mm-hmm. But what is it that causes that? Why is that the case? Well, I think simple. Uh, the simple answer is education. Mm-hmm. The lack thereof of, of education. Eighty uh, percent of the deaf in the world. Eighty percent have no formal education. Wow. They can't read. They can't write. They can't nothing. Eighty percent in the world, and so imagine you know your own child. They can't read. They can't write. They can't read their Bible. They, they you know they, to understand God, His plans for them, for each individual. It, you know, for example, for me, you know, I never knew that God you know uh, loved me until I'm twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. Wow. And then I learned it through my heart language, sign language. Mm-hmm. My parents raised me, you know, faithfully. We went to church Sunday after Sunday. Said, "Here's the Bible. Look at it. Look at it. There's the Ten Commandments. You see that on the board. I remember it's in my bedroom. Even the Ten Commandments: Thou shalt not blah blah. And I'm like, uh huh, okay, whatever. It means nothing to me because there was no communication in my heart language. No one educated me in my heart language at that time. So imagine going to another country, let's say Mexico, China, uh, throughout Europe even, Russia, Africa. I mean, all those places, 80%, you know, no formal education. That's one big reason why there's, you know, only 2% know the the Lord in the Bible. 70 million Deaf, and so this is truly a ripe. It's we're ripe for the harvest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and thus the work of Pioneer Bible Translators. Can you can you tell us a little bit about the work, the ministry of Pioneer Bible Translators? I know I know the organization is over forty years old. I know that you you work in numerous numerous languages, but talk a little bit about the work of of Pioneer Bible Translators. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I must tell you how this all got started through our president. His name is Greg Pruitt. And this is his sign name, Greg Pruitt. That's his sign oh, name. Oh, cool. Okay. And I gave him that sign because he's like, oh, I understand. I understand. And so I was like... Oh, you, you know, actually gave sign- him his sign name. Wow, yes, that's yes. cool. Yeah. And what happened was that he went to a conference. It was a hearing conference. But they had this one deaf presentation presentation right a deaf presenter came up and that was his first time seeing a deaf person on stage presenting about the need for doing what we're doing right now there's two percent you know uh, of the deaf that know of 70 million that know jesus and at that time there was no translations of any sign language bible ever now there's one there's the american sign language version that's fully you know translated a is the first one but it just happened yeah that was recent yeah, two years ago. Wow. It was completed two years ago. Uh-huh. And so Greg, he himself, he saw that and it impacted him. He was like, wow. So he went back home and he says he was in his office and he decided he wanted to pray about this. And so in his office, their Pioneer Bible, they were like, wait a second. We focus on the hearing all the time. But what about the deaf? 
and he literally said he felt like God had approached him and said, hey, I'm angry about this. You see, you've ignored the death, the death of the world. They've been ignored. Wow. You need to do something about this. And that was his testimony. That's what he said to me. And he decided at that moment, okay, well, we need to set up a, a deaf group and, and do deaf projects to set up uh, projects around the world. And that started about five years ago. So, you know, bringing in people slowly but surely, and we're growing. But, you know, now there was me and then others, and we've, we've got a recruiter. we got translators coming on, and we're growing. And right now we're at about 15 people Wow. involved And you're the, you're the director of that group, if I understand? Yes, I am. Wow. I'm the director, yes. Okay, so, so yeah. you're working on, if I understand, a translation of the Action Bible. And yes, folks, that Action Bible, the Action Bible that probably sits on a shelf in your child's bedroom, uh, that appears almost in comic form, uh, but that's the basis of the translation that, that you're using uh, to, to reach uh-huh. the deaf community. Talk to us a little bit about that. How, how did you choose that particular, that particular tool, and what are you doing to it to make it accessible to the deaf community? Definitely, yes. Our translator, he himself, uh, was contacted by a deaf man in California who had the Action Bible with him. And he was looking at it, and he had asked the, uh, he says, hey, I see this picture here, but I don't understand the text up top. You know, the word bubble up there, you know, what are, what are they saying? You know, can you tell me what it means? So he looked at it, you know, and he's like, and, oh, he saw that connection. There's a big need for using the Action Bible. And it's like, wait a second, why don't we have a translation of it where like a person signing in front of it, you can see my hand, Jeff, uh, it's like this, my hands open the five and then the one finger uh, in front of the five hand. And then it shows that person, you know, behind or in front of the uh, pictures. So he got with me, he proposed this idea of doing an, what's called the ABSL, Action Bible Sign Language Project. Wow. So all the pictures are presented inside of an app. And then we have the signing translator there with the word bubbles. Is a function of video? Uh Uh-huh. Yes, video. Okay. Video format. Everything is in video format. It's all visual. That's right. And there's movement. There's graphics. There's uh, three-dimensional movements. And it's going to become very, very visually appealing, extremely appealing, especially for the deaf. To learn the gospel. Yeah, I saw, I think I saw today uh, the healing, Jesus' healing of the blind man. I saw that story from the gospels. I also saw a little bit of David and Goliath that you presented in class. It was striking. It was, it was really engaging. It was powerful. Well done. Yeah, yeah. And we're really excited. So what percentage of the Bible, I mean, how far are you into this project at this point? Well, right now... Um, we're focused on the um, ASL version of the Action Bible Sign Language. So it's ABSL, ASL, right? Uh-huh. And in, in, in ASL, right? And then um, we're hoping to have the New Testament completed by this coming summer. Wow. Neat. And then the Old Testament will start after that. And uh, hopefully we're, we're aiming for two years. The average project, we believe, for other countries will be five to seven years. Goodness. So, yeah, it requires a lot of time. Yeah, it sure does. 
Well, gentlemen, I just want to say this. I want to say thank you for joining us, uh, not just on the podcast, but thank you for coming to our our campus today. I I really hope to see the partnership between our school and Pioneer grow in some way. I'd I'd love for us to be able to come alongside Pioneer in some way to support to support your efforts. We'll see what what God does on that front. Uh, but wow, this this has just been an amazing um, and informative conversation today. So thank you. In, in closing, though, w- how can we pray for you, Mark and Frank? What are the things that, that God's laid on your heart right now that is a community, uh, whether it's a framework uh-huh. student, whether it's a student at Northwest Christian School? How can we come before the Father and be praying for, for you and your ministry? Definitely. I know that both Frank and I we work in different departments. Mine is more on the processes. Frank is more involved on the in the interpreting side of it. And so um, we're always looking for people to get involved with this project. People who sign, people who know the heart language of the deaf. We're praying for people like that who are willing to sacrifice their own goals to, to support this work and get involved in I love that. That was and that was kind of the feel I had in the classroom today was almost a recruitment effort. You were you were inspiring our students uh, to get involved with ministry to the deaf right, and so right, forth. Yes. I, I love that. Yes. And, and for Frank, of course, um, uh, you know, doing the interpreting uh, as you know, he's the only interpreter today. You know, of all the PBT Pioneer Bible Translators, Is that right? he's the only interpreter so far on staff with us. Because once we begin to grow, we can't just have one. We're going to need several interpreters. And I think it's going to be wonderful to see, you know, 12 interpreters with 12 translation Amen. departments. And, Amen. And, you know, people willing to get involved with this and, and interpret it and create that bridge and, you know, tear down the barrier between the hearing and the deaf. Well, I am praying at some point that one or two Northwest Christian, maybe framework students are involved with your ministry on that front. I think that would be that would be phenomenal. So once again... Thank you yes. for joining us for, for today on campus. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to engage this kingdom culture conversation. And folks, thank you. Thank you for listening. And uh, keep listening to Kingdom Culture Conversations. Northwest Christian School has made Biblical Worldview online courses available to all high school students for transcript credit, regardless of whether they attend public school, private school, charter school, or homeschool. Frameworks is an exciting new initiative utilizing the learning management system of Grand Canyon University. For more information, visit BibleClassesForPublicSchools.com.